Hello, and welcome to this podcast I've decided to create called Everything in the Kitchen Sink. That's because I was really thinking about, you know, what would I want to make a podcast on? And, you know, I thought, you know, theater, because I'm an actor, well, TV and movies, because I those are things I like watching and talking about, and then some political stuff. So I was like, well, those are sort of related in a way, but not really. So I decided, you know, this is just going to be a podcast where I just talk about what's on my mind on any particular day, you know, when I put it out, you know, like maybe one one day I'll be talking about this new musical that I've listened to and how it's really good and how you should listen to it, or talk about this new TV show I've been watching, how I either really hate it or really like it, or some political crap that's going on. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Just whatever is on my mind that day and what I want to talk about. Today, I will be starting with Company, or at least the West End London revival of Company starring Rosalind Craig. At least that is what I remember her name is. So if you know, if that's wrong, please correct me, because that would be an awful mistake. Anyways, basically the concept of this particular revival is that the rule of Bobby will now be played by a woman. As I said, Rosalind Craig. Um, Bobby is a 35-year-old woman, and she is going through some changes, specifically in terms of a relationship and whether or not she wants one. And so they've just kind of flipped around the roles um, of not only her lovers, but also some of the other couples. Like, for example, instead of Amy getting married, it's Jamie getting married. That particular song is sung by a man named Jamie, and he does not want to get married to his male lover. And honestly, that's what I think this that musical should be about. Company is this musical about relationships and and how they are pretty important to the human experience and how they shape us in so many ways. And I feel like that a musical like that should change for the times because not only do we see new types of relationships, specifically ones that aren't uh, especially traditional, like um, that are heterosexual, uh, but we also see um, the face of um, The Bachelor change. Um, not only when you think Bachelor today, you don't think of just a man, you think of a woman, because some women either don't want to get married or just haven't find, found the right person yet. And yes, I'm aware that Bachelorette is the female word for Bachelor. I'm just saying, you know, that that particular character type can't only be used by a man today because that face has changed as well. Um, Patty Lapone is also in this. She is, of course, playing Joanne. Um... I kind of expected her to play that role. She played it when uh, Neil Patrick Harris played Bobby in a concert version of it. And it's not that uh, she's like bad at it or anything. It's just at this day and age, at this point in time, who else is she going to play? I mean, she is older and that isn't a bad thing. Honestly, real quick, if in any other time in this podcast I call people old... It's not because I think of that as a bad thing. I actually think, for the most part, that's a good thing. It means you've reached this point in life where, you know, you've seen a few things. You know, you're, you, you've gone through some things, and so you're a tiny bit wiser than the rest. Um, but when it comes to acting and theater, it does... Honestly, there's a limited amount of old people roles... But it also guarantees older people in the theater jobs. Because once you get older in years, um, they're just, you can't really do a lot of what's theater now or what's acting now because um, that's not necessarily what we see. We rarely see stories about older people and we rarely see stories that where older people are the protagonist. So um, the fact that she is Joanne 
is not surprising because Joanne is the older character in that show. And it honestly works with her really well. I honestly like her more than Elaine Stritch, who originated the role uh, on Broadway. She wasn't bad, it's just Patti Lapone has a better voice. I know this is going to offend a few people, but she has a better voice. I mean, she's been in things like Evita, where she had to belt like at the top of her range, and she's been in things like Anything Goes, which isn't necess- which can be vocally demanding, but it's one of those scores that really just requires a very certain voice in order for it to work. You can't really have a poppy voice in that role. So, you, like, somebody like Carly Rae Jepsen would not necessarily work as Reno Sweeney. Um, on, but, honestly, I could be completely wrong. She was in Cinderella on Broadway a few years back. I have not heard her in Cinderella on Broadway. She might have been really good, but, like, you can't get somebody who has a voice more suited to pop for some something like anything goes. But, back to company. Anyways, Patti LuPone, I'm sure she's great in it. She was great in the Neil Patrick Patrick Harrison concert of company, so I'm sure she's great there. And Rosalind Craig, I've heard her sing Being Alive, and honestly, she's a good fit for this role. She is, like, if I was asked who to put in this title role, and it had to be a female, it would be Rosalind Craig, because after hearing her sing Being Alive, I would not want anybody else there, because... She just puts so much heart into that role. I feel like she truly gets the character of Bobby and exactly what he's going through. He's kind of at the stage in his life. It's 35. He's almost to being kind of middle-aged. and He hasn't found somebody yet. He hasn't exactly found the meaning of what it is to be in a relationship and why it's important. He's been in relationships, but those haven't helped him realize... Oh, this is why I need a person. This is why I need somebody with me. And so when I hear her sing Being Alive, it's at the end of the show, and I feel like that's that she just realizes that, oh, this is why I need a somebody. This is why I need a person in my life to make me feel things, to make me feel all these emotions, whether they're good or bad. And that's one thing I like about Company, is that it makes... I felt like... A, it makes you realize why relationships are so important and why you need them in your life. Because I feel like a lot of people, at least nowadays, are just swearing off relationships because they're prov proving to be more, uh, well, this isn't exactly the right wording, but more bad than they're worth. And I feel like a show like Company could survive in that day and age and just show people, hey, this is why we have relationships and this is why they're good. Anyways, um, I heard there are some rumors that it might come to Broadway, and if it does, all for it. I feel like we need stuff like that on Broadway. Most, I feel like recently, Broadway revivals are the better shows than the newer musicals, because if we look at last year's um, nominees for Best Musicals, um, you have The Band's Visit, Spongebob, Mean Girls, and Frozen. They aren't necessarily bad, it's just none of them are original ideas. The Band's Visit was definitely a masterpiece when it comes to musicals. However, it is not an original property. It's based off of a movie. In fact, the original movie star, um, I keep forgetting his name. Anyways, he stars in the lead role now on Broadway, which is kind of funny. But yeah, when we, but when we look at the revival category, you have such... A diverse, even though there's only three, you have three very diverse properties. Last year it was, um, 
I know Once on this Island because I saw Once on this Island on Broadway. It's the best piece of theater I've ever seen. I will talk about it another day. There's Rogers and Hammerstein, Rogers and Hammerstein's Carousel. What was the third one? It'll come back to me. Anyways, these, the, at least those two properties that I remember, that I remember are two totally different properties. Once on this island, that specific staging is very much environmental and very much based on the fact that you're in the room with those people and that you're experiencing the story firsthand with the actors. And then Rogers and Hammerstein's is really this showcase of beautiful choreography and a story that might not necessarily work in this day and age but it somehow does. <clears throat> oh, it was My Fair Lady. That's what reminded me. My Fair Lady, um, also kind of similar to Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel. Um, however, this is more of a, I feel like, a character-focused piece. It doesn't do very much in terms of, up, of trying something new. However, it's still very good and still um, very much... What's the word I'm looking for? It's not necessarily needed in this stage age, it's just a good piece of entertainment. How this relates to company is that um, if it does come to Broadway, I feel like it would be very successful because revivals in the stage age, have I said, are, are becoming better than the new best musical categories because um, they're bringing these original shows back and they're trying something new with them. Once on this island, it's been... Uh, it's an environmental piece of theater. Carousel, lots of new choreography. And My Fair Lady, it's just a new version of this show, new, newly staged. It isn't necessarily changing the show and trying something new with it. It's just restaging the show in a new way. Um, uh, speaking of What's on this Island, and specifically the Circle in the Square Theater, we have Oklahoma coming back. Um, we have Kiss Me Cake coming back. I have no idea what they're going to do with Kiss Me Cake, but I know what they're going to do with Oklahoma because it, it was previously in a previous theater. And to bring this back to company, as I've been saying a million times, and hopefully I'll be able to wrap this up, it would work very well in New York, at least that specific version. Um, because it's trying something new with this show that, one, everybody loves, and two, it's something new. So I feel like it would do very well and run maybe as long as the last year revival categories. I mean, Carousel's already closed. Once Something Silent is going to close. Luckily, I saw it. And then My Fair Lady. Have they mentioned a closing day? I don't think they have. I think that's just going to continue to run. But point is, I feel like this new revival of Company is going to be really good for theater in general, and I wish it luck. Okay, so finally, I just want to talk about Fuller House, or specifically how I'm actually enjoying Fuller House for once. Um, for the past three years, I've been watching it. The reason why? Because for some reason, I have this weird thing where I have to finish a show whether I like it or not. Um, there's only one TV show I've quit watching, and that is The Secret Life of, a, of an American Teenager. I will talk about that in some other podcasts. Uh, whenever. Point is, I watch every TV show till the end, um, even if I don't like it, but I've actually been enjoying it. I recently watched the first episode, so real quick before we get on, when I start a new TV series or watch a new season of a TV series, this is how it's gonna work. Um, 
I'm going to talk to you after the first episode and say, hey, this is how I've been liking it after the first episode. Let's hope it continues on through this series, or this is what I've been disliking about it. Maybe it'll get better. Um, I'll talk to you midway through. Specifically with Fuller House, I will talk to you after the fifth episode because it's the 13th episode season. So I'll talk to you halfway through and say, hey, this is how I feel midway through the season. Um, I, I like it. I dislike it. Yada, yada, yada. And then I'll talk to you after the last episode and say how I enjoyed it and what it needs to either do to improve on the next season or how it ended. If that's the final season or if it only had one season, you get the picture. So with Fuller of House season four, after the first episode, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually laughed for once. One of the problems I had with Fuller House is that it was trying to be full house, except it was just switching up the roles. Instead, they're girls now. Don't really care about that. I liked Full House as a kid, but growing up and going back and looking on it, it wasn't actually funny. It was kind of dull. Um, same thing with Fuller House. It wasn't really that funny. There was just a lot of dull jokes and puns, and it wasn't really working. This season, however, there's just a lot of, like, random stuff. Like, there's this one moment in the episode where they're trying to cheer up Max... DJ's little kid, because he, he, he's having a hard time. And you know what? It's funny, this dude, you know, they're trying to cheer up Max with this Christmas extravaganza, and Stephanie's flippin', like, boyfriend, he comes out, and you know what he does? He just hits his head, uh, he just snaps a board in half with his head, and he says, I taste pennies. And, like, it has nothing to do with Christmas, and they even mention it in the episode, but, but it's just so funny, because it's so random. There's also this other part in the episode where they're, like, Christmas cookies that look like Santa. Hide them! And you know what Kimmy does? She just takes all of them, crumbles them up, and starts eating them. And, like, it kind of makes sense, but it's still just super random. It's weird. Um, honestly, I, I think the acting has gotten worse. But I'm enjoying it so much that I don't really care. Like, it seems kind of phony, it seems like they're phoning it in, but it's so funny and so enjoyable that I could care less. Um, the worst performance, I would say, is coming from Stephanie's boyfriend. Uh, but then again, he only has, like, ten lines in the entire episode. But they're all, like, one-liners based on the fact that he still believes in Santa. Um, I think... One thing I like about this episode is that it kind of deals with seasonal depression. Um, anyways, like as I was talking earlier, Max is kind of upset with this whole Christmas thing. Um, the episode starts, he loves it, he's like, wow, great thing. But then he goes to the flippin' story and comes back and he's like, lol, hate it. So, as the episode goes on, she's, uh, DJ says, I know you're upset. I usually get upset around this time, too hinting at the possibility that she may have seasonal depression or something like that, and maybe Max has it too. I don't know. It's just something they kind of touched on that could possibly turn into, I suppose, a really nice story arc on depression. I don't think they're going to go anywhere with it, because, uh, again, it's Fuller House. Based on the previous information, I don't think they're going to do anything with it. I think that's where it's going to stay, 
nothing with it. But if they do do something with it, it could be a nice thing for DJ dealing with, you know, like mental health uh, four seasons in after the fact that her husband has died. You know, maybe she's having some problems too. I mean, her life is going smooth. She has a job. She has a boyfriend. She has a great family, great kids. But, you know, uh, the fact that your husband, the love of your life, has died is not something that you necessarily get over. And there will always be issues dealing with that. So yeah, if they go somewhere thick, great. Overall, I think this new season is heading in a new direction. I'm going to quickly touch on some stuff that I heard is going to be in the season. Gay character, played by one of my favorite Instagrammers, Miss Benny. Can't wait to see him. I, uh, I heard st- they're going to touch on the fact that Stephanie might be bisexual. Can't wait for them to touch on that. And honestly, you'd expect this show to be more conservative based on the star. Um, the person who plays DJ, I think her name is Candace Cameron. Again, if I get the name wrong, I'm forgetting a lot of stuff today. After the first semester, on a Christmas break, my mind's kind of shut down, but I knew I had to do this. Just tell me if I'm getting stuff wrong. Anyway, she's socially conservative, but she's really nice about it. I feel like, as an actor, sometimes you just need to separate stuff from your personal life. Like... I mean, obviously this is the first episode, so you don't know a lot about me, Joseph Carlyle. I am a gay man. I like boys. So, yeah, in my acting career, I play more straight men than I do gay men. And honestly, I wanted to continue to be like that, because as an actor, you're expected to play somebody who is different than you. It's a version that could possibly be you, but it isn't you. So I want to continue to play mostly straight men. I mean, every once in a while, I do want to play a gay role. If, if any of you have heard of Bear Pop Opera, which is another topic for another day, I would love to play Peter. Um, I would love to be in falsettos. I would love to do all this stuff for the most part, but for the most part, I want to play roles that are different than me. Um, and I feel like the person who plays DJ gets that. She feel, she thinks one thing, she believes one thing, but she realizes that her character doesn't think that, and that her character is completely different from that, and she's willing to play that, and that you should be that um, flexible as an actor. Overall, I am really excited for this new season of Fuller House. I might actually enjoy it, I might actually enjoy the content and the fact that they're touching on stuff like this. So yeah, what are your thoughts on the stuff that we discussed this episode? What are your thoughts on the Revival Company? What are your thoughts on this new season of Fuller House? Please tell me. And if there's anything I can approve, anything I can work on, please tell me as well. Because as a person, as a creator of content, I do want to improve myself. And if you can help me do that, please do. And I really, really hope you have a good day. Bye.